Hey everybody, it's Ian Jortson, host of the Stock Car Spectacle. Today, we have a very special episode. We have Patrick Cotto from the Cotto's Mojo podcast joining us. He runs a Chicagoland-based sports podcast, and so we're lucky to have him on with us this week. Now we're going to be digging in to our Homestead Miami Speedway review, and then class is back in session with Kinzel's Classroom, where Professor Nick Kinzel will be grading five drivers from the Dixie Vodka 400. And then we'll be going into our Talladega preview, where the Stock Car Spectacle crew and Patrick Cotto will be giving their predictions for the Xfinity Series and Cup Series races at Talladega Super Speedway. And then we'll be ending the show with the Gambler's Picks, where Mike Gamble will give you his best drivers to put your money on for the Geico 500. So guys, enjoy listening, and if you haven't so yet, make sure to check out our YouTube channel at Stock Car Spectacle. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Stock Car Spectacle. I'm Ian Jordson. I'm Mike Gamble. I'm Nick Kinzel. And we have a special guest today from the Kodos Mojo. We got Patrick Kodo. Why don't you introduce yourself, bud? Well, thank you very much, Ian, for having me on. Yes, everyone, my name is Patrick Kodo. I'm the host of the sports podcast, Kodos Mojo. I want to give you a quick fun fact. This podcast did not start up in Naperville. It actually started down at Southern Illinois University, and I figured... I was only going to be there for four years, and why not continue to tradition? And hate to brag, but I got a pretty good sports podcast, and you boys know it. That's, that's <laughs> right. It's probably agree. the best sports as, podcast around here. As an uh, avid Chicago sports fan, uh, yeah, Patrick does a great job with his show. Always, uh, always a lot of fun when we get to come on and talk sports with you, too. So any of our listeners or sports fans, especially in the Chicagoland area, definitely check out Kodo's Mojo. You will not be disappointed. And you get some really cool guests from time to time, too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Oh, yes. Um, one of the upcoming guests, and it's not this show, but it's for an upcoming show, is, um, well, that's if, he, that's if he doesn't forget, will be Craig James from the Philadelphia Eagles, a former Southern Illinois Saluki. Nice. All right. Very there cool, go, man. man. That's awesome. And speaking that- of cool guests, you guys should check it out because – I'm not going to tell all you listeners of who those guests were because you got to go listen in to check it out. You'll like the names. (laughs) That's right. All right, guys. Yep. No, go for it. We're on every platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify. You basically name the platform. We're there. And you can also check out the website at (laughs) patrickoto.com. All right. Thanks a lot, Patrick. All right, guys. So let's get into our diecast of the week. Patrick, I know you don't have a 124, but what you got for us today, bud? All right. Well, I got the uh, 164 of Chase Elliott, my new favorite driver, because obviously I used to watch NASCAR a lot back in the days when Jeff Gorn was racing. But thanks to you guys getting me back into it, I figured why not choose Chase Elliott as my favorite, the son of NASCAR Hall of Famer Bill Elliott. 
Awesomeville from Dawsonville. Love it. And uh, Patrick's a cool story because, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, we're starting to see an influx of mainstream media with NASCAR. So obviously I know you started watching before that, Patrick, but he can also be a pretty good example of, hey, new fans are coming to the sport, guys. Oh, I love that. Exactly. And we just got a new fan, too. Alvin Kamara from the New Orleans Saints. We did. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Coverage all week. Um, I I heard he's already talking about coming back to Talladega, too. Yeah, yeah, he stayed through the rain and lightning delays yesterday throughout the whole cup race, and yeah, it sounds like he enjoyed himself there. Yeah, that's what I tweeted out. It sounded like he like genuinely was interested in the sport, really had a lot of fun, and really looking to not just make that like a PR stunt as much as like, hey, this is actually right. pretty cool, I like it a lot. So that's what I really like to see about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So, all right, guys, for my diecast of the week, we're going to Talladega. As you guys know, that is the playground of the Earnhardts. So, what better way to bring this in than with a Dale Earnhardt Jr. Talladega race win diecast? Very so, nice. Love that is King of Talladega. Dumb Earnhardts at Talladega is like nothing else, man. It is ridiculous. What, Junior won, was that three years in a row, four years in a row? Four. Four, yep. Incredible. And then what do you get fined for? Uh, that ain't sh- Daddy's got seven or whatever it was. That was yep. Hey, watch your language, man. Got seven or whatever it was. That was hilarious. Yep. So, yep. Kind of right. wish that's where uh, Junior was running instead of Homestead, but I, I definitely understand staying away oh, from the restrictor yeah, plate tracks, too, with his health stuff. I don't, I don't think we'll ever see that man run on a restrictor plate again. Probably not. Unfortunately, yeah. but, hey, it's still good to see him racing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All, All right. right. So since we are going to Talladega this week, this is not the actual Talladega car, but it was a Talladega sponsor. Trevor Baines, 2017 Liberty National uh, Ford. Kind of, I really do dig this scheme, but his Talladega scheme was the the pink and the gray and the lime green. I actually have the door panel off of that race car sitting in my dad's basement right now, I believe. Just a really, that, that day was awesome. Trevor finished third in that race. Man, I miss him in the car, especially when we came to these restricted plates because, boy, was he good there. Yeah, that was definitely a really fun day to be a Trevor Bain fan. As you know, Nick, we didn't have a whole, whole, whole lot of those. So when we had oh, a cool yeah. day like that. That place was a win for us. That yeah, day. I had to enjoy it's that. pretty one. memorable. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right, boys. So for my diecast of the week, since we're going to Talladega Super Speedway, oh, yeah. I had I had the bust out Kurt Busch's 2013 <laughs> Wonder Bread car when he was with Furniture Row. He ran this in the fall race in 2013 at Talladega. Uh, he started 30th and finished 13th, so a decent run for the Furniture Road team when they were just getting their start. But, uh, yeah, I love this Ricky Bobby-inspired paint scheme. It's just absolutely beautiful. And we all know Kurt Busch's favorite movie is Talladega Nights. He quotes <laughs> that movie all the time when he's racing, especially at Talladega. So I had to bust out this beauty. My fiance got this for me for Christmas about, like, four years ago or so. I was going to say, where did you get that thing, man? Because <laughs> I was looking the other day at for those cars. It's like 250 bucks right now. So you got yourself a gem right there for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She got this for like under 100 bucks, too. Like signed. Like I was going to say, not yeah, just the die steal. cast, but with the auto on there, too. Yeah. You got to yep. love that. That's mint, man. Yeah, right. So uh, pretty cool uh, rare die cast from Kurt Busch. Yeah. Holy crap. All right, guys, so let's get into our race review. 
first off, we had the Hooters 250 with the, with the Xfinity Series. We had Harrison Burton winning the poll from a random drawing. That's what we've been doing since we haven't had any practice or qualifying since we got back from the pandemic break. And right away, before we even start the race, we have Chase Briscoe. He has a weight fall off the car, just like what happened to Denny Hamlin a week or two ago. So he loses his car chief, crew chief, engineer. Uh, I believe there is someone else that works from that is gone for four races at well, but he loses a lot of key guys, but uh, went seven laps down, but honestly it didn't affect him for the next race, but we'll get, <laughs> we'll get into that later. So honestly, uh, that was probably one of the most impressive feats though. Coming back from seven laps down to finish on the lead lap to begin with is absolutely ridiculous. But something that was brought up, I think Corey LaJoy brought up on his podcast when it happened to Denny Hamlin. When all the tungsten falls out of your race car like that, how are you still allowed to race unless they know you come back to your minimum weight? Because he's probably running out there if a bunch of tungsten falls out, a couple hundred laps lighter or a couple hundred pounds or so even lighter than than right. some other people at the very least at least about 100 if two pieces fall out or so so that's a little questionable but at the same time coming back from seven laps down absolutely incredible feat uh chase briscoe is an absolute wheel man and this is just another example of that oh, yeah, i don't think i've ever seen anything like that coming back from seven laps down like, that was absolutely incredible and this is like the first time this is like the second this is the second time this year like before this year i had no idea what a tungsten was to be honest with you guys like i had I no idea what one is yeah, what what, <laughs> a, what an absolutely incredible drive from chase briscoe the dude just championship caliber and a day like that really proved it for him all right so we get noah gregson he immediately takes the lead on lap one i mean he just took off this is his track he he has tested here the most out of any driver and then somehow we're getting Ryan C going on the win stage one. He had a good race here uh, on Saturday and yesterday. And then we get Noah Gregson going on the win stage two. And guys, craziness. We had seven to go in the race. Noah Gregson's got a 13 second lead in front of Dale Jr., who's in second place. Uh, NASCAR calls a caution for Ryan C getting loose, spinning onto the apron, going over the grass. I. Don't really know if they needed to call that a caution because I didn't really see any hear, debris. I could hear Ian shouting the F word all the way from Mariano's and Lombard when that <laughs> caution. <laughs> yeah. 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 Safe Third. to say we know the, the junior motorsports cars did not fire off well. Once they got up to speed and got running, got a little heat in the tires, they were really fast. But those first couple laps, they usually lost a lot of positions on the racetrack and made them up as they kind of went into the longer runs. So you knew a short sprint like this was a death sentence for Noah Gregson. So and I felt it for you, buddy. I was watching that, and I just, I just turned. I was like, oh, man, Ian's going to be pissed. Yeah. They're like, stay away from Ian. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work out for him on the restart. He went up too high. He kind of got away from the lane that he was working with with Dale Jr. Kind of raced the 22 hard and the 20 and the 22 just took off. And they raced for the lead. And then Harrison Burton goes on to win the race. Uh, Briscoe, yeah, he came back to finish seventh, and Dale Jr. finishes fifth. I mean, Dale well, Jr. had one for that rookie driver in the eight car. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, out. real promising future out of that kid. Hopefully, we see him up in the big series one day. <laughs> so, well, you want to talk about a stealing of a win? Holy crap, Harrison Burton from from center field right there 
If you would have told me when we did this, when we did the preview show for Homestead last week that Harrison Burton would have won this thing, I would have thought you were crazy. But good for the kid. <laughs> Continues to prove me wrong week in and week out from what I said about him last year. Yep. Hey, right place, right time for him on Saturday. <laughs> and I will add this, Ian. It could be worse. Austin Sindra could have won. <laughs> that yeah, that would have been a lot worse. But I'm already I'm happy Noah's already got two wins, so that one didn't hurt as much as Sunday. But we'll get into oh, that. Oh God! So let's get into the Baptist Health 200, the truck race on Saturday night. Uh, we had Austin Hill winning the pole from a random drawing, and Kyle Busch he had to come down pit road to serve a drive-through penalty after issues failing tech a couple times. So. Terrible way to start the race, but hey, it just makes it interesting. What is with Kyle Busch in general? Like, <laughs> that's not the first time he's done that. No, nope. yeah, he's he's had like a really weird string of like just awkward stuff like that happening to him in the truck series. But you know, Nick, you've said it in weeks past, and I'm gonna reiterate it again. I feel like sometimes he just does it for fun. So it's like, okay, this is too easy. Bored. Might as well go to the back and start over again. <laughs> that's some chick. That's some chick Hicks type stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then we got 11 to go in stage one. We get Zane Smith getting loose into Chase Elliott and Brett Moffitt, uh, ending Moffitt's day. Uh, just a terrible way to end the race there. But uh, we get Mr. Watermelon Man, Ross Chastain. He goes on yeah. to win stage one. And then we get Kyle Bush going on to win stage two. And yeah, then we cool. get. Yeah, of course. Yep. <laughs> Kyle Busch, the truck racing god. And then we get 28 to go in the race, and we have Sheldon Creed missing pit road, smashes into the sand barrels and brings out the red flag. Guy, what, what are you doing, man? Like yeah, That was absolutely wild to see. Now, I realize uh, Homestead probably has one of the more treacherous pit roads to make. Because you yeah. have to run, most of the time you run that high line and then you have to try to come down and, you know, traffic is on a couple different lanes in the track. And it's just kind of an awkward one to get on to clean under green flag anyway. But, oh, my God, did he get that one wrong? Like, not I just a little was, bit, like, missed the I commitment I box. The like, series for a sec. I thought I was watching the Arca series for a second <laughs> when I saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be surprised to see that even in the Arca series. Like, that's how crazy a miscalculation it was. Yeah, I haven't seen anything like that in quite a few years for someone to just full, like, head-on smash into the sand barrels. So, yeah, just a full yeah. send. That was wild. Yeah. He, he was just like, eh, I'm bored. Kyle Busch is going to win. Might as well sign <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then uh, I don't know if you guys saw Noah Gregson's Instagram story, but he uh, made a little poem for Sheldon Creed today. I think you guys need to check that out if you haven't. He was I hanging. Yeah, after the show, go check out uh, Noah's Instagram story. He's hanging out with Sheldon. He wrote him a little poem about the little incident. <laughs> it's it's pretty great. Oh, and, yeah, and then we got guys. We got twelve to go. Uh, Jordan Anderson brings the caution out, hitting the wall hard. Just tough race for him, you know. Yeah, he can't really afford to have that kind of stuff happen with this, with him being such a small team and him having to build those trucks pretty much by himself. Yeah, Jordan's had some bad luck at pretty much ever since that stellar Daytona run. Hate to see it. Yeah, especially with it. Yeah, like you said, a guy that builds his own trucks. And yeah, it just sucks to see for him like that because, you know, that's a lot of money for him to lose. All right. 
But we get Kyle Bush. He goes on to win the Baptist Health 200 at Homestead. And surprise, surprise. Yeah, but guys, that was an entertaining race either way. We had Chase Elliott in the race. Uh, just a lot of good battling going on. But I don't think anyone can uh, beat Kyle Bush when he is just on his stride. When he just doesn't have any issues, he's gone. Um, yeah, you know, like, honestly, as you guys know, I didn't get to watch much of the truck race. Um, I had some stuff going on, had some friends over and some things going on, but I did go back and watch the highlights and man, I missed a barn burner with a lot of that stuff. There was, there was a little bit of everything going on, but, uh, then you just cap it off with a rowdy win. So I'm sure, uh, social media was up in arms. Once again, that dude's out there taking wins away from the young kids once again. (laughs) Hey, he's the best at it. How many more races does he have left in the truck series? I feel like Every single truck race that man has been in. I he's feel like he really end load his, his season. He's only got to have maybe one or two left, I'd have to guess. Yeah, because what? It's a total of five for the truck series yeah. for full-time cup guys. And I feel like he's ran three or four here within the last two he's months. He's ran every truck race since they've been back, so. <coughs> I think everyone yeah. but one, I want to say. Yeah, something yeah. Like I think his last one is Texas. I think that's what it is because something with the sponsor – I think his last one's going to be running in Texas, so let's get there and let's get on with the truck season, man. Let's That's hope, really let's hope we see going. a rowdy victory at Texas for Dalton. He <laughs> <laughs> won't even be happy. Yeah. All right, guys, so let's get into the Contender Boats 250. It was the Xfinity race on Sunday afternoon. So we had Myatt Snyder winning the pole from the field inversion from Saturday's race. And right away, we got trouble for Cesar Barsala and Tommy Joe Martins as they collide on the backstretch. They both receive damage uh, and kind of take themselves out of the race. And guys, just bad luck for Tommy Joe Martins. I feel like we've been talking about him every week now since we got back. It's the weekly Tommy Joe Martins rec update is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It sucks for honestly. him with that small team. <laughs> yeah, honestly, just say it ain't so, Tommy Joe. It's like every time <laughs> we turn around, you know, we're talking about like you guys are saying. And uh, another one, smaller team can't really afford to be wrecking race cars week in and week out. And he's on a really bad run of it here. Right. Yeah, it just makes you wonder if the funding's kind of running out for them now with all this crap going on, you know? Oh, yeah. I hope not, because that's a really good guy, really good driver right right there. Drives the hell out of that equipment. Absolutely. Yep. And, guys, we get Ryan C. going on to win stage one again with this race. Uh, He kind of – he pitted early. He kind of took the Cindric style from uh, last week, pitting early, kind of getting rid of that uh, fresh pair of tires at the end of the race. But worked out for him. That small team needs as many points as they can get. And then we get Noah Gregson. He goes on to win stage two. And are we about to get a carbon copy of the last race? Who knows? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> With, we got Sieg oh, winning stage geez. one, Gregson winning stage two. Basically the same results. And we got two to go in the race. Gregson's leading it. He, he was already kind of holding off Chase Briscoe there. He kind of got away with Briscoe getting into the wall right before. He's about to cross the line for one to go. Caution comes out for Austin Citric <laughs> with a flat tire, trying Ooh. to get down on the apron, trying to get down pit road. I don't know what the hell this guy was thinking. <laughs> Everyone else was able to get down pit road just fine with a flat, and somehow this guy gets all squirrely on the apron and goes up the track and hits the wall at like 10 miles per hour. So I don't, I'm just baffled that Noah Gregson had two races in a row 
just taken away from him the same exact way, just complete BS. It's like everybody got a flat tire. That's Homestead. Yeah, Homestead's a tough track with that stuff. And Ian, I am surprised you are not reading off the rundown of this race with tears running down your eyes. (laughs) And then Noah Gregson was going to win again. My tear tear ducts are dry from yesterday, man. (laughs) I can't can't cry anymore. That's tough to have it happen to you twice the same exact way. Holy cow. Noah Gregson should have four wins right now if we're really really thinking about it here. Man. He's just got to keep his head held up high, man, because clearly he's got speed this season, so he's going to be just fine. I mean, he dominated both of those races and just (laughs) to get, just have it ripped away from you like that. Like, oh, that, that was just the the most soul crushing thing i have ever watched on television ever since the blackhawks got swept by the predators oh, <laughs> Let's talk about that. Given, this Lord. man dalton good our buddy all the firepower in the world right now but uh yeah ian i felt for you buddy when i saw that i was like oh you got to be kidding me but uh nick i don't know if i'd have such a big old grin on my face if i were you cuz uh mr bad luck came and got you next Hey, bud. Uh, yeah, that's about <laughs> right. So uh, we're going into NASCAR overtime. Mr. Riley Herbst brings out the caution, getting spun by Almendinger. He was kind of racing a little too hard there, took himself out, gets spun, takes out the eight of Hemrick and the one of Michael and that. Just the story of Daniel Hemrick's career. Just Hold kidding. On. All right, I'm going to let the man. Nick. The floor is yours, sir. Okay. <laughs> it's terrible, Herbs. What the hell do you expect, man? This kid, week in and week out, just proves to me that he cannot be in a race car. And, of course, it had to be Daniel Hemrick. Daniel Hemrick, though, kind of did this to himself when he missed pit road on the final pit stop of the race. He had to pit a lap later, and he lost five seconds on the racetrack. So he kind of put himself in that position back there. But And even on the final restart, he let Herbs get below him. He had to get down there and block that right away because Daniel Hemrick was the best car on the bottom all day long. He was the only one who was able to make passes down there. It just really sucks to see because he had such good runs going these past four weeks or past four races that he's been in since we came back from the pandemic and everything. And just to have it kind of end here on a sour note really does suck because he was poised for another top five. And now he's not back in the car until Pocono. Uh, at the end of freaking uh, July. Well, when is Pocono? I don't even know when Pocono is. Pocono at the end of July or is oh, it? I, know, I, I know, end of June. June. So we got we got a couple weeks off, but man, that just really sucks. But if if he was gonna get taken out by anybody, of course it was gonna be Riley Hurts. Dude just can't drive a race car. June twenty eighth, so you gotta wait two weeks. So it's not yeah. too bad. That's not so June twenty seventh and twenty eighth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's for Cup. Yeah. yeah. But I will say, I missed me a good Nick rant. It's been a while since he's gone nuts on one. <laughs> Man, of course it, it had to happen. It of course it was going to happen. You know, I wasn't even mad. What I didn't even, like, yell when it happened. I just kind of sat there, shook my head, and I was just like, of course. Like, I'm just used <laughs> to it at this point. Daniel Hemrick has the worst look I've ever seen, and I don't know what it's going to take for him to finally get it done because I, I just don't know anymore. It sucks, but it's Riley Herbst, so I, what, what do you really expect? Out of yeah, him? I was about to say, what do you expect of the kid? I mean, there's a reason why they call him Terrible Herbst. <laughs> but let's get into Chase Briscoe winning his third 
race this season. This kid is on a roll. He is fast. He was, you know, he was the fastest guy right next to Noah Gregson. So if it wasn't him, it had to be Briscoe. So this, this kid's on a roll and who knows, he might be making his name for possibly taking the 14 or the 10 next year. Who knows? knows? He is definitely standing out as, you know, a level above just about everybody in the field out of the Xfinity regulars. Um, the only one I would say has kind of even been in his stratosphere for a lot of the year is Noah Gregson. Um, so, yeah, if there's anybody that you look at this Xfinity field of regulars that could potentially move up into the Cup Series next year, it's a no-brainer as to who the most ready is. So I think it's just a matter of which ride, really. Yeah, I mean, the dude said he need, he feels like he needs to win 10 races to move up. But what he's doing right now, he could well he could very well win 10 races this season the way he's been driving. But yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to this kid in the future. Who knows what's going to happen with him? Don't sleep on the melon, man. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, don't sleep on the melon, man, either. All right, so let's get into the Dixie Vodka 400. It was the cup oh, race yeah. at Homestead Miami Speedway. We had Denny Hamlin winning the pole from a random drawing. And we had a caution on lap 21 for Newman getting a flat tire and spinning onto the apron. Guys, just a story of the weekend. Flat tires, flat tires, flat tires. That's the way Homestead treats yeah. his cars. So was this and called Di- weather. the Dixie Vodka 400 or the Lightning Delay 400? Yes. Man, it was a long day yesterday with that freaking light, with those damn Lightning Delays. Because the track was dry. It was just, uh, every time yeah. we would get right back to get back going, up, oh, Lightning, get your asses out of the car. Yep, and then we have another lightning delay on lap 32, and we had to wait another uh, about 40 minutes to get back to racing. So when we got back to racing, we had Danny Hamlin winning stage one, and then as Joey Logano, he was just kind of in the way, in the way yesterday, making it difficult for Chase. Uh, Logano was lapped down, just trying to rattle the nines cage right there. Just, just Joey being Joey, just making as many fans as possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I get why people are pissed off about that, but then I could I could see why he was doing it. I mean, it's not like you can't forget about what happened at Bristol. So I kind of saw that coming, honestly. But yeah, that's that's how Joey races people. It, it doesn't have to be a problem with anybody. That's just how I race you. But for that, in that case with Chase, I can kind of see why he did it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree there. Um, you know, watching it back, I was pretty frustrated at the time because. We've seen him multiple times be a lapper. What was it? It was race last year. I can't remember exactly where it was. I want to say it was a shorter track where he had mechanical issues. He was like 27 laps down or something and was holding Denny Hamlin up for no reason no, whatsoever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's not out of the character of Joey Logano to drive like a complete ass hat. So, uh, hey, watch your language, man. But, you know, like you guys said, like you said, Nick, you really saw this one coming. You know, I feel like Chase was definitely owed one from just sending her in there on him a couple weekends ago. Um, it didn't work out for Chase, and he had to know you're going to have some repercussions along the way. So the way I look at it, if that's the worst you get out of this, hey, move on. He still had a pretty good finish at the end of the day. He didn't take you out of the race. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. He still had a good finish. And, well, we had Denny Hamlin. He, he went on to win stage two, so he swept the stages for the Dixie Vodka 400. And we had a caution for uh, Joey Logano, or yeah, a caution for Joey Logano and Ryan Newman racing hard. Joey almost got spun. We had some damage for Rocket Man on the front of his car. 
So it's just hard racing with probably the you know hardest racers on the track. You got Newman and Logano. Those guys ain't gonna give an inch. <laughs> Elliot Elliot still had a chance to win that race yesterday. Like he was really right on Hamlin's tail. It's just that that little thud on the wall, like with just a few laps ago, that really hurt him. So it wasn't like the end of it for Chase when you know, Logano cut him off. He still had some opportunities <laughs> to win it. He had the lead, too. And then, you know, like you said, Ian, that's racing. But he finished in second in the top five, so I'll take it. Yep. Hey, Patrick, you are getting ahead of us, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. No, you're fine. And uh, we get Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott and Tyler Reddick all racing hard to try and take the lead from Denny Hamlin. But Denny Hamlin, he just had the fastest car all night, and we had yeah. <laughs> and we got 30 to go, and we had Joey Logano blocking Elliott from uh, from passing Hamlin, and that gave Hamlin the lead to take the win, and we had Denny Hamlin winning his third race of the season for the Dixie Vodka 400, and we had Tyler Reddick, the rookie, finishing fourth, probably one of the best performances I've seen in an RCR car in a long yeah. time, guys. Well, this that, guy that is the rookie. future. That rookie made a rookie mis- made a rookie mistake yesterday though, because he thought the race was over. Yeah, he, he pulled him. He, he, he pulled him. Mark he was getting ready to shut the car down. He was like, "Good run, boys!" They're like, "Tyler, go, go! There's no one to go." <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh man, almost threw away a career yeah, performance. Like if he shut that thing off and then. That and roll, like, and, like and just roll down pit road like Mark Martin did back in the day. <laughs> so, oh my God! Yeah, no, just an absolute dominating performance from Denny Hamlin. Um, I think you kind of see, you saw in a race like this, why guys who perpetually and habitually win always win, and guys that get close but don't win don't. Uh, I'll give an example real fast. My guy, Ryan Blaney, he had one of, if not the fastest car on the track for a lot of the race. Um, But every time he would get close to the leader, um, he would overdrive a little bit, make a mistake and lose time. That's invaluable. Time is hard to make up. I look back to stage one when he was the leader and was way out front. Denny churned laps, churned laps, churned laps, chipped away, finally got to Ryan Blaney. And what did he do? Did he did he overrace it? Did he overdrive his car? Did he force something to happen? No, he let it come to him. He waited for Blaney to slip up. He waited for his opportunity and he drove away. I think that's, in my opinion, where some of these younger guys are still lacking just a little bit. Not saying that they can't get there. I think Ryan Blaney is going to be one of the best drivers in NASCAR in the future. And I think he's a future champion. I'm a huge fan of the guy, obviously. But I think, oh, yeah. you know, this was a pretty good kind of showing as to why he's not quite at that level yet. Just still a few little things to, to you know, polish up in the finish category. Right. Right. Uh, all right, guys. So I think that will do it for our race review. Do you guys have anything else to add before we end the show? I do. I have one thing to say. Of course that Denny Hamlin can win at Homestead when it's not for the championship. Hey, <laughs> hey, Corey LaJoy brought that up. He said, watch Denny Hamlin win because he's not running for a championship. <laughs> so, it happened. A championship that he... <laughs> A championship that he barely got into last year, too. He was, like, the last one to qualify. Hey, man. Barely scathed in with winning that Phoenix race. But, hey, that happens. But 
Yeah, Corey LaJoy was right. Chokes in the championship race, but he does all right in the normal race. (laughs) Yeah. Denny won in 2013 when he wasn't in the playoffs. He was already, like, far out of the playoffs. And then he wins today. He won yesterday because it's not a championship race. Because if that was a championship race, oh, he would have, like, blown a tire with 20 to go or something like that. Uh, Yeah. Easily. That's just Denny Hamlin at Homestead. But I'm just loving this Corey LaJoy, Denny Hamlin feud. It's going to be, it's just going to get better and better. I um, think so. Now, God forbid, let Corey outrun him at Talladega next weekend, and we're going to see some shots fired in social media. Oh. So, but I'll say bang? this, though, too, really quickly. For a race that was more or less, if you look at the stat sheet, dominated by the 11 car, I thought it was a thoroughly entertaining race throughout the field. Homestead uh, proves once again why it's one of the best mile-and-a-halfers we have on the schedule with that high line being so prevalent, but the low line still being competitive. You got to see a bunch of slide job passes, guys running the wall, guys running the middle. A lot of different uh, lanes were working, different parts of the race, different lines were faster. Absolutely phenomenal racing throughout the field. I don't know. I saw a lot of people kind of talking about the race was kind of boring. I don't know what more you want. Just because one guy led a lot of the laps and had a really good performance doesn't mean, in my opinion, it was a boring race. I was pretty entertained. Those same people that say that the races are boring are, they're the same people every week that say every race is boring. That was a great, that was a great race. I think Homestead and Chicagoland proved they're they're the top intermediate tracks because those, both of those race tracks have three racing grooves that, I, you can make up time on each one of those lines, the low, the middle, or the high. So, yeah, I thought it was a phenomenal race. Yeah, I thought so, too. I mean, H- Homestead always puts on a fantastic show, that's for sure. All right. All yes, right, guys. Sir. So, for the Stock Car Spectacle, I'm Ian Jordson. I'm Mike Gamble. And I'm Nick Kinzel. And I'm Patrick Cotto. All right. And, guys, make sure to follow our good buddy Patrick Cotto on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow him with the Cotto's Mojo on all podcast platforms. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well with the Stock Car Spectacle and our personal accounts as well. And make sure to follow our friends at Ashland Hens Racing. So, guys, that'll do it for our show. Make sure to watch our future episodes of the Kinzel's Classroom and our Talladega Preview and, of course, the Gambler's Picks. So, guys, thanks for watching. Everybody, welcome to the Stock Car Spectacle. I'm Ian Jordson. I'm Mike Gamble. I'm Nick Kinzel. And we still have our special guest today with yeah, Patrick Cotto. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Hey, no problem, Ian. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, of course. So we're gonna dig into the Kinzel's classroom. Professor, take it away. All right, boys, settle up. Class is back in session here. We got a new student, Patrick Cotto, joining us this week in the Kinzel's classroom. So we're going to kind of switch it up here. We introduced a new format of doing this last week, and I've added a little bit more to it. So for those who haven't watched the show, 
I give five drivers who stood out to me either good or bad from the Homestead race. And instead of me going first, giving my grades, I'm going to let my students go first. And then I'm going to see if I agree or disagree with them. And yeah, so we're going to, it's going to, I'm going to assign drivers to each of you. So let's get, let's get started here. First driver on my list, that Shell Pennzoil Ford, Joey Logano in a whopping P27 finish. Joey had problems on pit road and it just kind of altered his day. He was just never really fast all day long. Let's go Ian and Patrick. What do you got for me? Uh, yeah, I gotta say that's a, that's an F for Joey Logano. Uh, one of the best drivers in this series. He's got a couple wins already. He's won here at Homestead, Miami and just not a good race for him. So I got to give a failing grade to, uh, the number 22. All right, new student, Patrick Cota, what do you got for him, Yeah, hey, take it easy on the new guy there, Professor. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been in the classroom and stuff for, like, and talking about grades, and trust me, one class my senior year did not end well, but, however, Ian, I do agree with you. Logano, just a bunch of sloppiness. You had to figure Logano would be in for a good race, but just the issues he's had the whole race, yeah, I totally would definitely give him a big fat F. Sorry, All man, right. but he, he may as well just drop the class. <laughs> a new member of the Kinzel's Classroom Breakfast Club. Yep. Joey yep. Logano. Yep. I have to wholeheartedly agree with the both of you there. Big, fat, stinking up for Joey Logano. Joey Logano was my race winner for my predictions on the show last week, so that just made me look like a big buffoon. Because this is usually <laughs> this is usually a really good racetrack for Joey Logano. I mean, he won the championship winning this race a couple of years back. But yeah, ever since that pit road contact he had, the speed just went away for him. It just really wasn't there all race. And then the way he, I'm sure all of Chase Elliott of Elliott Nation gives that man an F too for the way that Joey Logano <laughs> drove oh, around yeah. Chase Elliott that race. So yeah, big fan stinking F. Welcome to the Breakfast Club, Joey Logano. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like it sounds like Joey needs to come to your office hours. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I'll be seeing him after class for sure. All right. <laughs> Second driver on my list. We're gonna go with the number eight car of Tyler Reddick. Well, I expected Tyler Reddick to be good in this race because Homestead is literally his playground, but he just continues to impress all season long. Ian and Mike, what you got for me? Let's start with Mike first. All right. I'm going to go with an A minus. And here's why I say A minus. So basically, what Tyler Reddick did was he took the test and he aced the test. 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 Then he got to the last question. Holy crap, I forgot to write an answer down. As we all know, Tyler Reddick forgot that there was one more lap in the race. That is a. Uh, a pretty big mistake, in my opinion. Pretty funny. Um, really didn't cost him much as far as the race goes. Still a big old uh, big old brain fart, if we're being honest. But no, honestly, an absolutely incredible performance from Tyler Reddick. Um, we kind of predicted it amongst the three of us, you know, how good he was at ripping the high line, those Xfinity cars we thought would translate really well over. But uh, to go out there and execute it, something different, and he did. So uh, A- minus for me. Um, and realistically, only to be funny with the A minus, all reality is probably a, a pretty pretty strong A for that team. So, <laughs> great day, Tyler Reddick. Absolutely. All, all right, right. Ian, what you got for me, bud? 
All right. You know what, Mike? I'm going to go right there with you. I'm going to go with an A- minus for Tyler Reddick. And A- minus just because, yeah, he kind of forgot that there was one more lap to go. But I'm going to give a 110% to Richard Childress Racing for this race. They looked like a totally different team coming out of the garage. We had Austin Dillon finishing seventh and Tyler Reddick finishing fourth. Unbelievable, unbelievable day for RCR. And the rookie of Tyler Reddick, hell yeah. Give that boy an A. Give him some extra credit, too. Like, goddamn, that boy knows how to drive. And, yeah, he's probably in the most mediocre equipment for a rookie right now, but he's putting on one hell of a show. Hey, man, student of the week right here for Tyler Reddick. And really, yes. for for the whole month, Richard Childress Racing, I don't know what's gotten into these guys this season. They've just been so fast. Not just Tyler Reddick. Austin Dillon's finally showing up and acting like he knows what he's doing behind the wheel of a race car here. I, I had to think that Tyler Reddick is pushing Austin Dillon to be a better race car driver. But, yeah, Tyler Reddick got lucky that when – we got to one to go that he did not shut that car off completely and that there was a big enough gap back to like fifth, sixth, and seventh that he didn't screw himself out of a, the finish that he deserved because he, he deserved, I really thought for a second that Tyler was going to contend for the win, kind of fell off at the end. Terrific run for the rookie. This is RCR's best run in God knows how long. I got to give him an A-plus for that and kudos to Richard Childress Racing. So the third driver on my list, is the the number 19 of Martin Truex Jr. I put him on here. He's been in this situation before. This was just kind of a eh, iffy day. I kind of expected more out of Truex if I'm being real. He, he finished 12th, but with how good of a track that Homestead is for him, I just really expected more out of him. He was never really a contender all day. So, Patrick and Mike, what you got for me? I'm going to go with a C- minus for Martin Truex Jr. here. As you said, Nick, here's a guy that we almost kind of put, you know, coinciding just hand in hand with dominating mile and a half tracks. And here's a track that he's done very well at and won at in the past. He's brought home a championship here at Homestead Miami Speedway. I don't expect to see him run 12th and ho-hum and just, it was another one of those things we made a point to talk about it while watching the races. Like, man, I feel like we haven't really even seen Martin Truex at all during the race. So we're saying that you, it's really hard to give him too high of a grade for the race. Um, I think, you know, anytime you finish inside the top 15, it's hard to give too, too low a grade. But at the same time, I think we all know the expectations on that team, especially coming off a win and especially with his pedigree of being one of the dominators of mile and a half track. So I'm going to go with C minus and uh, I could even make a case for a D plus, but I won't be that mean coming off a win. All right, Patrick, what you got for me, bud? Well, I'm sorry, Mike, but I have to go on the D route because if you can win on a short track in Martinsville, and I mean a really short track, then you should be able to do good on a big track like Homestead Miami and finishing 12th. Especially no, a track that he does really good at, too. Exactly. Like, there's no way in hell that you can all of a sudden kick ass on a small track and then not show up on a big track in Homestead. That's and Patrick, right. you know what? Short tracks really wasn't uh, Truex's bread and butter to begin with. These kind of tracks, mile and a half, were his best. He would always dominate on these. So just seems yeah. like the roles have reversed now. It seems like Martin Truex has been so dominant on the short tracks, and now he's kind of just kind of fading away a little bit on the mile and a half. So oh, yeah. I like my new student here. 
because I'm going to agree with them. I'm going to go in the D range for Martin Truex Jr. because these are just kind of the the past couple races that he won in Martinsville. But we I talked about him last week or two weeks ago as well from that race where he didn't run very well either. So I'm disappointed. I'm sure he was not happy at all that entire night because he knows these mile and a half tracks used to they all used to be Martin Truex Jr.'s playground. And now it's just kind of gone away for him a little bit. So P12, he was just never a factor all night. I got to go D-plus for, for my man's Martin Truex Jr. Because I know he's pissed off at me that one. I'm <laughs> sure he'll rebound just fine, though. Professor all Kinsel, right. I, I want to add in something very quickly. And as a joke, he and as, as a joke, he basically was probably still hungover from his win at Martinsville <laughs> coming into Miami. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd say so. <laughs> he could, could have been. All right. Fourth driver on my list is that 34 car of Michael McDowell. Uh, Michael started this race 30th. He finished 15th. I know our other analyst, Connor Bunn, is not on the show tonight because I probably already know where he'd be going with this. <laughs> but this is Michael McDowell. It's his, uh, I, this is his third top 15 of the season, given the circumstances with John Hunter. Interested to see what you guys have to say with that. So we're going to go, let's. Who hasn't had a turn? We'll go Ian, and we'll go Ian and Patrick. All right. Uh, Michael McDowell, yeah, he he finished uh, 15th. His teammate John Hunter finished 19th. Yeah, I've got to give uh, McDowell, that, that's a B-minus effort for that. And you know what? I'll give him a B-plus effort for that team. Uh, the 34, they've been kind of overshadowed by the rookie of John Hunter Nemechek all season. So it was good to see uh, McDowell, you know, get a good top 15 for that team. You know, he's, like I said, he's been struggling. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I give him a B plus. All right. Ian, if I went the B plus route, I would honestly want to see him in the top 10, to be honest. But I'm going to keep it at the C plus route because the way it happened, it's basically like you started off the semester with an F, and then rose up to a passing grade. Because I've been there, <laughs> done that before. <laughs> He's been talking to Connor. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't even know the guy. <laughs> well, I don't know him in person, but I've seen him on your shows. But yeah. I've never met the guy. He does. He did this little famous bit one time where basically Michael McDowell had a good run, and he made a comment along the lines of, "Well, when you're failing the class and you get one A, <laughs> you're still failing the class." So that's your comment kind of was like right in line with what he said. I once time started off a class with an F and ended with an A. With the there lucky you go. So, yeah. There you go. Exactly. Things can start <laughs> off rough and then you can do really well. I mean, I'm sure every Kyle Bush fan is giving him an F throughout the season right now, but just watch. He's going to be excelling the class at the end of the year. <laughs> when you go from 30 when you go from 30 to 15, I mean, first of all, when you're in the 30 spot, people are like, "Oh, this guy's dead. He's not going to make it." But Fishing in fifteen, you're like, whoa, wait a second. Especially with the kind of, especially with the kind of equipment that's that Michael McDowell's in. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I got kind of. I'm gonna lean toward. I would still give him a. I'm gonna give him a B minus because he's just been overshadowed by John Hunter Nemechek for various reasons. I mean, John Hunter has shown that this uh, front row motorsports organization and team can be a very competitive team, and now Michael McDowell's starting to string together some good runs. Yeah. They're not top tens. They're not top fives. But for a team like that to finish in the top 15, uh, kind of a little bit more consistently now, that's why I'm going to favor in him and give him a B minus 
So good for that organization right there. Oh, yeah. And then, guys, the last driver on my list, I'm going to have to go with the 10 car of Eric Almarola. So Eric finished. He started this race. Um, he started this race 21st and was able to finish fifth. So really, besides Kevin Harvick this year, Stuart Haas Racing is just kind of being, yeah, they've been, the rest of those cars have just been iffy. But as of late, it seems like Eric's starting to kind of put together some good runs here. So we're going to go Ian and Mike on here. What do you guys got for me on Eric Almirola, the driver of the number 10? Yeah, I'm going to go with a B-plus day for him, and maybe even on the A-minus range, actually. You know, he's a guy who's kind of struggled so far this year and at points last year as well, which we've all speculated as to what his future with SHR is going to be. He's at a high-powered team, and we're not talking about him in, talking about him in positive light week in and week out like we probably should be. Um, I thought this effort, you know, coming from where he was, and there were times where he was a factor in the race. Got a lot of stage points, had a great finish. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's like, well, maybe things are starting to turn around for the 10. You know, maybe just the wacky season got him off to a weird start, and he's finally starting to find his stride. Who knows? Um, we're just going to have to wait and see. Like you guys have said, though, he's put together a couple uh, decent races in a row here now. So uh, we'll have to wait and see with Michael McDowell. But I'm going to go with a B-plus for this effort today. Or the yesterday, I should say. All right. All right, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go with you in the B range there for Double uh, A, Mr. Eric Almarola. Uh, fifth place effort for him in that team, you know, Stuart House Racing. I feel like the only driver we've talked about this year is Kevin Harvick, and he did the worst out of the Stuart House Racing camp in this race. So, yeah, fifth place for Eric Almarola. You know, he's been struggling all season trying to find his stride. Maybe he finally has. Maybe he'll continue to keep getting top fives, top tens. Man, Ian, your driver finished out of the top twenty in two consecutive races. I thought you would be—I thought you'd be going crazy right now, like some of our other group chat members have been. When their driver uh, doesn't finish, oh, uh, shots yeah. fired! Yeah, you know what? We—we we, we got two wins this year. I'm gonna be more mature about these kind of finishes. Oh, because you, you know what? That it happens. Hey, watch your language, man. As many shots as you want on Toto's Mojo. That's racing, baby. Shout out to the Dega Trailer Park Boys right there. But yeah, for Eric Almarola, I give him a B because that's where I expect a Stuart Haas racing car to be running. And for Eric, this is a very good step in the right direction (laughs) these past couple weeks, putting together some good finishes. And maybe he can be the one that go up there and contend with Kevin Harvick because, like we said, Kevin's the only one who's been able to get it done so far. So. Yeah, I got to give him a solid B on that one. A couple of honorable mentions who did not make my list this week. Bubba Wallace, another phenomenal run, P13. That team is really starting to put together a lot of terrific runs. Got to give a shout-out to my boy, Matt Benedetto. The man was 28 seconds behind when uh, we went green for Stage 2 because of that pit stop incident because of thanks to Joey Logano. And he was able to stay on the lead lap being 28 seconds behind. Good runs for him. And, yeah, so, boys... All I got to do is see Mr. Joey Legano and Mr. Martin Truex after class. But other than that, missed. All right, guys. So that'll do it for Kinzel's Classroom and the Stock Car Spectacle. I'm Ian Jordson. I'm Mike Gamble. I'm Nick Kinzel. And I'm Patrick Cotto. And, guys, make sure to follow our good buddy Patrick Cotto on Instagram and Twitter. You can listen to him on all podcast platforms. Make sure to follow the Stock Car Spectacle. Me, Nick, and Mike on Twitter and Instagram as well. And make sure to follow our friends Ashland Heddens Racing. So, guys, that'll do it for the Stock Car Spectacle.
everybody. Welcome to the Stock Car Spectacle. I'm Ian Jordson. I'm Mike Gamble. And I'm Nick Kinzel. And joining us again for another episode, we got Patrick Cotto from the Cotto's Mojo. Patrick, thanks for joining us again, bud. Hey, thank you for having me, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, boys. So let's get into Talladega Super Speedway. First off, we got the Xfinity Series race. It is the Unhinged 300. It's a 300-mile race. Stages 1 and 2 are 25 laps each, and the final stage is 83 laps, a total of 113 laps. Most wins by an active driver is Martin Truex Jr. with three wins, and last year's winner was Tyler Reddick. We got a notable in this race. We got A.J. Allmendinger. He's going to be running for the Dash for Cash. So, guys, who do you have to win the race for the Xfinity Series race? Patrick, let's start off with you. All right, for the Xfinity Series race, I'm going with my man, the Melon Man, Ross Chastain. <laughs> All right. He's a, he's a good plate track racer, too, Patrick. He won a Daytona in the summer last year, so not a bad pick to win at the plate track. And, I, and, and, and if he wins, we get to see him smash a watermelon. Yes, That's sir. Right. You have to smash a watermelon if you Yeah, wins. Patrick, I want to yeah. see you smash a watermelon when he wins. All right, I will go to the store, buy a watermelon, and I will see, I will take a video of me smashing that watermelon. My parents are going to be like, what the hell are you doing with that watermelon? He's going to show up to Ian's house for a race for the rest of the year now with a watermelon. With like, a watermelon. Yes. <laughs> Just in case yes. Ross wins, you know. <laughs> All right, Mike, so who you got to win the Xfinity Series race? All right. I'm going with a smidge bit of the underdog route here for uh, the Xfinity Talladega race. Um, it's a guy who had pretty decent races this past weekend and uh, is a very good plate racer. He's kind of a sneaky good plate racer. Has the third most points accrued amongst active drivers at uh, in Xfinity at Talladega. I'm going to go with the 39 Ryan Sieg to get it done. Oh, Ryan you took Sieg my pick. Turned into a, yeah. I could tell by your reaction there, buddy. But no, Ryan Sieg's turning into one of the better um, plate races or plate racers in that series. I think he's a guy who, if you're looking for a good dark horse, Ryan's the way to go. All right. All right, Nick. So who you I'm got? I'm staying in the college racing camp, and I'm going with the number 11 of Justin Haley here. Justin is a really good restrictor plate racer. He damn near won two years ago in the Xfinity Series, but the double yellow line got him at Daytona, unfortunately. And then, yeah, the man won a cup race at Daytona, I guess. But, no, all in all, <laughs> Justin, Justin Haley, it, I'm putting that one in asterisks. But, no, all in all, uh, Justin Haley is a very smart restrictor plate racer. He, he usually does really well there uh, year in, year out. So I look for the number 11 to get his first win of the season. Uh, coming at Talladega. All right. Well, Mike took my pick for Ryan Sieg. So my second guy in line, I got to stick with Colleague as well. I'm going to go with the 16 of AJ Allmendinger. He has been killing it on these oval tracks lately. And he, well, came in second last year, but he got disqualified uh, due to failing uh, post-race inspection. But he's good here on the plate races. I think we're going to see the 16 of A.J. Allmendinger taking the checker flag and also taking that $100,000 as well. Ian, I'm almost surprised you didn't pick Jeremy Clements because Jeremy Clements is also a very good restricted plate racer. Actually, in the last 10 races, he has scored the eighth most, eighth most points here 
So he was going to be my original pick, but then I decided to go with Haley. But I expect Jeremy to run well as well. Oh, yeah, that's a good dark horse pick as well, definitely. We'll have to look out for the 51 on Saturday. All right, right, guys, so let's get into the Cup Series race at Talladega. We got the Geico 500. It's a 500-mile race. Stages 1 and 2 are 55 laps each, and the final stage is 78 laps for a total of 188 laps. Last year's winner was Chase Elliott in the spring and Ryan Blaney in the fall. So, guys, who do you have to win on Sunday Patrick, let's start off with you. Come on. How well do you guys know me? (laughs) 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 Gotta go with Chase Elliott, man. Make it two years in a row in Talladega. Shake and bake. I like it. (laughs) There you go, man. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Get that revenge from the Miami race. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right, Mike, who you got? So, all right, boys, I'm going to have to be a homer as well on this one. I'm going to have to go with the 12 of Ryan Blaney to finally get it done. Ryan Blaney has proven to be one of the premier restrictor plate racers in NASCAR. As of right now, in my head, when you think restrictor plate, you're thinking of Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, so on, so forth. Ryan Blaney is definitely in that category. He wins the Talladega last year. Uh, follows it up with a the cl- a really close runners up at the Daytona 500 this year in the uh, the Ryan Newman race as we'll call it. So I I think as long as he can avoid the wrecks, the 12 is one of the men to beat. All right. Well, for my pick, I just mentioned him on Kinsel's classroom not too long ago. He scored a B for me, but when we come to Talladega, he easily scores an A every single year he comes out. I'll pick in the 10 of Eric Almirola. Last 10 races here. He has scored the fifth most points. He has a win here a couple years back in the in the playoffs. So I think Eric, when he comes to this racetrack, Eric's a really good restrictor plate racer. He has two wins on restrictor plates. He's really just smart about it, the way he goes about racing these races. So I'm going with the 10 of Almirola to get his first win of the 2020 season and really keep his strong runs going here. All right. And again... My pick has been stolen. I was going to pick Eric Amarola. So let me look through here one second to see who is really, really good at Talladega. Uh, You know what? Talladega, anything can happen here. I am going to go. You know what? You know what? I'm going to go with Rocket Man, number six, Ryan Newman. He's going to get it done. He's going to get redemption for that photo finish with Ryan Blaney last year. And he's going to get redemption on a plate race for what happened to him at Daytona. Check out the number six, Rocket Man, in victory lane on Sunday for the Geico 500. That's going to be a huge victory. I actually love that pick. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool to see, honestly. Yeah, I'm surprised I- you haven't. I'm surprised you haven't picked Kozlowski. He has four wins at Talladega. He's one of the best here. He's one of the best yeah. plate racers. But I, I was I was going to. But I was like, no. Ryan Newman, he's <laughs> so good at these plate yeah. tracks as of late. You, there's no way you can't go with Rocket Man. Other so, yeah. notables to look at for this cup race. Obviously, Joey Logano. He scored the most points the last 10 races here. Brad Kozlowski's always good. And Ricky Stenhouse, too. If he does not wreck the whole field on Sunday, <laughs> look for him to be fast because he does have a win here at Talladega. where he got his first career win. But let's stay out of trouble, Ricky, and see that happen. Yeah. Guys, a couple other little things to kind of touch on, you know, as we're going to Talladega restrictor plate track. Um, it did just get announced today. NASCAR is altering the tapered spacer entries on these cars. Once again, looking to limit 
you know, that airflow and try to cut out about 35 to 40 miles or, uh, of horsepower, I should say, on these cars. They're trying to kind of keep down the tandem draft. So that's one thing that we'll see how that plays out in the race. And another thing we always have to talk about, especially within the last year or two, we're coming to Talladega, restrictor plate. Let's see how the uh, the manufacturer alliances play out again. You know, we're, we're in an era right now where more than ever, uh, Fords are being made to work with other Fords. Toyotas made maybe made to work with Toyotas and Chevys with Chevys and so on. Um, I think that's going to be another huge storyline this Sunday. I think that's something to look out for because, um, you know, somebody's going to get put into a precarious situation where they're a Chevy driver, a Toyota driver, what have you, and have to push somebody of a, a different manufacturer. And we'll see how all that plays out. It's always one of the more interesting dynamics in this modern modern cup racing uh, restrictor plate package. Right, yeah, it always seems like it, it. they always do that up until the final lap, and then they'll start working with the different manufacturers. But, yeah, that should be fun to see because, you know, a few years ago we saw the Stuart Haas racing train work itself out and got Eric Almarola that win. So, yeah, definitely something to look out for sure. Absolutely. All right, guys, you got anything else to add before we head into Talladega? I got one thing to mention. All right, go ahead. How about, how about NASCAR? being the first sport to let fans back in. Now, it's limited fans, but it's fans. Yeah, they're yeah, they're bringing in uh, 5,000 fans for Talladega, and uh, we just got word that our good buddy Dakota Hello. will be going to that race. So we're going to be having him on for the Talladega Review Show just to see what it is like being one of 5,000 fans being allowed inside the racetrack. So that should be a good show, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Always a really good time having Dakota Rutledge on. Dakota's one of my favorite accounts on Twitter. He, uh, he's got some good content. He throws a good jab every once in a while. He's really funny, too. So if you're not following, that's at NASCAR Baby. Show our boys some love. He's a lot of fun out there. All right, guys. So I think that will do it for our Talladega preview. So for the Stock Car Spectacle, I'm Ian Jordson. I'm Mike Gamble. I'm Nick Kinzel. And I'm Patrick Cotto. And guys, make sure to follow our good buddy Patrick Cotto on Twitter and Instagram. He's got some great content. You can follow him on all podcast platforms. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. And you can listen to us on podcast platforms just in case you don't want to watch us on YouTube. Don't know why. We got these beautiful mugs that you can look at. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that will do it for us. Guys, thanks for watching. And uh, have fun watching Talladega. going on guys mike gamble here from the stock car spectacle we just finished up a really exciting weekend of racing action-packed weekend at homestead miami speedway and we're cruising into talladega talladega one of the most unpredictable racetracks there is restrictor plate racing is some of the most fun most entertaining and just like i said unexpected racing that we see in nascar 
So with that being said, it's time to make the gambler's picks. Guys, as we know, restrictor plate racing can be really hard to kind of pick. Uh, we have to try to look back at past performances. And as I always like to say, I've always looked at restrictor plate racing a little bit like poker. You want to try to put the odds in your favor. So how do we do that? First and foremost, one of the things we know is going to come into play this weekend are uh, manufacturer's orders. You start looking around the garage, and one thing that's apparent to anybody that watches NASCAR, there are more Fords than anything else in the garage. So with that being said, picking a Ford driver already puts the odds in your favor. What I like to do from there, I usually like to look at the top four teams and pick a couple drivers and go from there. Um, guys I think are going to be fast are guys like Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, and Ryan Blaney. They're three of the best from Penske Racing. Then we go over to Stuart Haas Racing. Kevin Harvick does okay here. Um, Eric Almarola really does well at Talladega. I like him a lot. Clint Boyer, decent pick too. So I look the Fords to be fast, so let's get into the odds though. The favorites coming to the race, uh, Chase Elliott coming at plus 800 or 8-1, to one, as well as Joey Logano at 8-1. to one. Denny Hamlin and Brad Keselowski both coming in at 10-1 to one or plus 1,000. Little longer picks for a little more value plays. I like my boy Ryan Blaney, 11 to 1 or plus 1,100. I think he's one of the, most, uh, one of the better up-and-coming restrictor plate racers in NASCAR right now. Then, as the aforementioned Eric Almarola coming at plus sixteen hundred or sixteen to one, and another guy that I don't really hate a play on, even though he uh, is one of those like win it or wreck it kind of drivers, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. coming in at plus two thousand or twenty to one. Um, right off the bat, guys, though all those plays I think are pretty decent. I would maybe stay away from a Chase Elliott or a Ricky Stenhouse to a degree, just because, again, they don't drive Fords. Chase did get it done here last year. Uh, he, I think he's becoming a decent little restrictor plate racer, but at the same time, um, I'm sticking with Fords if I'm putting my money on people. So let's look at a little longer, uh, longer shot odds. Now, these guys may not be Ford drivers, but if you're looking for a long play, these guys could play off. Um, Eric Jones coming in at plus 3,300 or 33 to 1. He's a guy who has won a restrictor plate before. He is one of the better Joe Gibbs Racing uh, restrictor plate racers. I don't hate a play for EJ at that long odds if you're trying to you know, get a really quick play. Another guy, Austin Dillon has had an awesome restrictor plate career. He did win the Daytona 500. He's coming in at four, uh, plus 4,000 or 40 to 1. Again, obviously not a favorite, but his odds are pretty decent if you're looking for a huge payout. And another guy I like, he does fit the Ford camp. I don't know how he's getting these odds, especially because he's a guy who uh, just finished second last year in the fall here to Ryan Blaney. Almost won the Daytona 500 this year before his horrific accident. He's always been a good restrictor plate racer. Ryan Newman coming in at plus 4,000 or 40 to 1. You got to like those odds for a guy who's a proven restrictor plate racer and is also part of the Ford family. He's a guy I like a lot. Um, something else I want to do this week for the first time, we're going to get in some drivers to maybe stay away from. I got three in mind right away. First and foremost being Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is one of the best racers in NASCAR, if not the best right now. But... He doesn't seem to have the best track record at restrictor plate races. He still doesn't have a Daytona 500 under his belt. Things just seem to always go wrong for Kyle Busch at restrictor plate uh, tracks. He's a guy I would maybe stay away from. If you're looking at past performance and looking at the odds, there's not enough value for me to play a guy like Kyle Busch. Two other guys that uh, I would maybe stay away from, Alex Bowman and William Byron. People can get skewed by these two because Hendrick Motorsports usually does bring fast cars to qualifying in the past. Um, now these guys don't always necessarily boil over to the racetrack as great plate racers. 
Um, I think both of them have the potential to be great restrictor plate racers, but if you're looking at from the present on back, I see a little bit left to be desired there. So those three are guys that I would stay away from. So now let's get into who's the gambler certified pick. Once again, guys, I have to be a little bit of a homer here. I think Ryan Blaney is going to be my certified pick. I think he's your best value at 11 to 1 or plus 1,100. Again, I think he's one of the the up-and-coming, emerging, premier restrictor plate racers in NASCAR. He finished second in the Daytona 500 this year by an eyelash. He won here at Daytona or Talladega in the fall last year. He's uh, he's really doing a great job in the restrictor plates, and I don't see that slapping anytime soon, except for getting caught up in somebody else's mess. You never know what can happen at a racetrack like this. I almost picked uh, Ryan Newman, if we're being honest, guys. His odds are just too juicy almost to pass up, plus 4,000 for a guy that's really proven to be a great restrictor plate racer. Um, I think the odds maybe you know, we're going to have to see how he responds after his wicked wreck at Daytona earlier this year. This is his first plate race back. I think he's going to handle it like a champ. Ryan Newman's built a Teflon. You can't break that guy. Nothing's going to get inside his head. So, again, he would be my honorable mention pick. So, guys, that's going to do it for me. I uh, hope you guys tune into the race this Sunday. Hope you guys are able to make a little money using my, uh, my advice here. And we'll check you guys next time. If you guys are watching this, please tune into uh, all of our shows this week. We've got a... Uh, the Homestead Miami Review, the Talladega Preview Show. Uh, we had an awesome edition of the Kinzo's Classroom. We were joined by our buddy Patrick Cotto of Cotto's Mojo. Check out his show. Show him some love. We'll be on his shows this week as well. So that's going to be it for me, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you Sunday. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. And if you haven't already yet, make sure to check out the Stock Car Spectacle YouTube channel where you can check out uh, video versions of the show. And make sure to check out our Twitter and Instagram pages. So thanks for listening along. We'll see you guys next week.